pleasure to be online this evening. Um, I think in the leadership meeting we just had, I met with some of the leaders of the Connect family tonight. We were talking about the con community interest st structure. Um, we're going to spend time doing over the next couple of months, preparing to service our community in the area of people, reformation, you know. I hope that we can um, no, the reason why I mentioned that is because I wanted us I, we stumbled into something because I began to talk about finances. So I will talk about what I was talking about in the leadership meeting but from the aspect of scriptures. I'm feeling better, sir. Good to hear that you're feeling better. Um, and I hope you're all right, because I know I, I received a report yesterday, but again, we will talk. We will talk, sir. When we will talk. Pastor Hector, good evening. So we stumbled into something, and I want to get into that thing tonight. If there's anybody watching, do you want to know the way to build something formidable and the way to make sure that whatever financial journey you're on, it is sustainable. Because I think there are many questions. Number one, discussing this tonight, I, I discovered that the difference between you, and let me start with the negative difference first. The difference between you and another person that may be a billionaire or a millionaire is that they may have grown up in a family that is wealthy. So, for example, and I always use this family as an example, the Trump family. Trump's sons or daughters would not have known anything called bottom. Trump himself doesn't know anything called bottom. He doesn't know that that place exists simply because the platform he was given the platform that he started on made sure that he was wired differently. But when you're trying to do your business and you're making headway, you're, you're changing your wiring and you're developing, one of the things you have to be conscious about is that you're very aware of the place called rock bottom because you had to climb out of the hard place. So in the back of your mind, and in the back of your mind, what actually happens is there's a constant thought about where you're coming from because you don't want to go back there. And sometimes, actually, there is also a thought about where you're coming from because you want to go back there as well because it seems more comfortable than the place you currently find yourself in. So, tonight I want to deal with 
breaking out of all comfort zones and breaking out of all norms. It takes a commitment to rewire the way your mind thinks, to reprogram the way you carry yourself in order for you to really push away from where you're coming from. Some people want to aspire to be the best doctor in the world, and, and that's an aspiration, but to break out of the norm is to commit to something like the nation family because the first thing it tackles is the way you are programmed. So I will first of all start tonight with the journey of the children of Israel because I think it's vital to this story. There was something that happened to the children of Israel when they were journeying. And remember, for 430 years, the children of Israel were slaves in another man's land. They had been subjected to working by the dictates and patterns and timings of other people. And all of a sudden, here comes a man called Moses. This man has the word of God saying that it is time for the children of Israel to experience liberation and exodus from Egypt. And as he wants to take these people out, the first thing he is confronted with is not physical resistance, he's confronted with mental resistance. Remember, whatever does not start in the mind cannot translate into the physical realm. I might have to say that again. Whatever has not started in the mind will not translate into the physical realm. So as we were closing the leadership meeting tonight, Pastor Ebo began to tell us that if you want to talk about billionaires, you first of all have to behave like one. You see, there is something that happens in the mind of a man that shifts his behavior, his, his actions, and the way he thinks. He has conceived something. He has downloaded a word. So many times when we think it's the word moving us, Sometimes it is our environment that is moving us. Environment is so powerful. The environment that you grew up can linger and insert itself into your mental framework so much so that you don't even know the cause of why you think the way you think. Just look at it. The first time you ever had a boyfriend or a girlfriend, why was it? It was your environment, your peers around you pressured you. Not by saying you need one, but because they had one. So usually when you grow up in an environment, listen to this, when you grow up in an environment, what is common to others will eventually become common to you. That sounds like a negative statement, but it isn't. It just means that if you're in the nation family environment, 
if you decide to submit consciously, totally to that environment, what is becoming common to others, if wealth is becoming common in the nation, it will become common to you. Peer pressure will still exist, but it will push you into certain realms of wealth. Because you are surrounded by a certain environment, and I call these things enabling environments, but the children of Israel, in order to get to an enabling environment, a land promised to them flowing with milk and honey, they first of all had to go through a season called the unknown. It is usually in the season called the unknown that many people fall off. That season, remember what the wilderness is. The, the, where the wilderness deals with is not actually the physical body. The wilderness deals with the mind. The wilderness deals with the mind because you cannot see where the next level or the next drink of water is coming from. You first of all have to journey in the wilderness and when you're walking through dry places, what you actually need most is mental stability, mental strength. Because I said it that what Moses was going to meet first is a bunch of flays that he was going to try and make feel or think like freedom fighters. Tough job. So he enters into Egypt and all of a sudden he speaks to Pharaoh to let him, to tell him to let his people go. Until he does that, there will not be signs that follow. Signs that push people to believe that God now wants the children of Israel liberated. So eventually, you know how the story goes. Pharaoh lets the children of Israel go, the Red Sea parts, and now they enter into the wilderness season. This wilderness season comes in order to test our minds. I, I need you to hear that because the first place the test will come is the test will come to your mind. It is going to test your mental framework. When the word comes, what does it come to rewire? Your mental framework. How you think. So the scripture I want us to start with tonight is to know that when Jesus first came, he said, repent. Going to have to deal with that tonight because imagine Jesus is God here on earth and he's about to preach his first message. He's about to say his first statement. He's about to start his campaign. And before he starts his campaign, he doesn't do any healing. He first of all has to deliver a message to those who care to listen. He says to them, have you found it for me? He says to them that you have to first of all repent. And I need you to hear this from the scriptures so that you can also understand that Jesus was not here to just show people how God moves through healing. He was actually here to do a reconstruction. So for the crowd, it's healing. For the disciples, for those closest to him, it's the reconstruction of the mind. Are you ready for me? Go for it. Matthew 4 from verse 16. Uh-huh. The people living in darkness have seen a great light. Did you see this? It first of all says from verse 16, Matthew chapter 4 verse 16, it says the people living in darkness have seen a great light and... 
on those living in the land uh -huh. of the shadow of death, yeah. a light has dawned. A light has dawned. So remember that Jesus was the light that has entered into the city now. And all of a sudden, he's about to preach his first message because he's now visible. And the first thing he has to say is what? From that time on, uh -huh. Jesus began to preach. Uh -huh. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come. So when he starts his preaching, when he starts his is his campaign. He first of all says, repent. Because there is a kingdom that has come. So when the kingdom wants to recruit people, it doesn't actually start with the fact that it asks you to say the Lord's prayer. It actually starts with saying that if you want to inherit this kingdom, there has to be a reconstruction of the mind. So to repent simply means to change your mind, to rewire, to be reprogrammed. So he says, if you're going to experience the kingdom of God, if you're going to be a part of this kingdom, it is going to be because you are rewired. It's because you're rewired. So he says, repent. And I'm telling you tonight that, not me. So I'm telling you tonight that the, the first thing that the wilderness comes to attack is your mind. Doesn't need to attack your body. He knows if he can get your mind, he will get your body. The place that Satan will work on most is your mind. So Jesus, when he also started his own campaign, the place he decided to work on most with the disciples was their mind. Do you want to read something? Amplified classic, Go for sir. it. From that time, mm -hmm. Jesus began to preach, mm -hmm. crying out, repent. Uh -huh. Change your mind for the better. He said, change your mind for the better. What? Heartily amend your ways uh -huh. with abhorrence of your past sins. He said, heartily amend your ways. You see, if I can change your mind, I can change your ways. So the problem is not, listen. The problem is not the results you're getting. The problem is the way you're thinking. If the way you think changes, the results you get change. So you know what I realize about the word of God? The word of God, you sit down with it and you actually know that in the desert periods, what you're actually supposed to become the master of is a master of sitting down and hearing a word and actually allowing that word to reconstruct certain things in the way you think. So, P.T. said certain things. Help me lower myself a bit. P.T. said something very interesting. He said, when you want to talk about the reconstruction of your mind, start with where you get offended most. And the simple question is, ask yourself, why am I offended? Usually it's, behind, it's by the behavior or treatment of someone and someone have told you that that's no way to treat something or to treat this or to treat that. So, he's, so when you start with where you get offended most, then you're able to attack certain philosophies that you have silently gotten without knowing. Start with what offends you most. When people press certain buttons in your life and it makes you go quiet and silent and distance yourself, 
Start with there. If you're able to do that, you are able to change your philosophy. I tell you in God's honest name that it won't take 12 months for you to see difference in your life. Many people are offended by many things without any basis as to why they're offended. Go on. Amplified. Uh Repent. Mm. Change your inner self. Your Uh old way of thinking. Look at this. It says change your inner self. Your old way of thinking. Remember how we stumbled here is because we're currently talking about the fact that when Moses went to the children of Israel, he was not faced with physical resistance. He was faced with mental resistance. What resists change is the way people think, not the way they behave. If you get to their mind, you will get to their behavior. So many times people try to change the action without changing the thought patterns. And I've given you one of the greatest keys. If you can get to the way what offends people most and you ask them, why are you offended by this? Why are you angry? Why are you upset by the way this person behaved? Then you actually get to their philosophy. And if you can rewire their philosophy, you can rewire their whole life. He said, repent, change your inner self. Imagine your whole inner being is governed by the way you think. You're going to have to find in the New King James or the King James Version for me, Proverbs chapter 23, verse 7. Jesus starts his campaign. And the first thing that is important is the reconstruction of the mind. We're still, you still got to hold the other one as well. But let's deal with Proverbs chapter 23, verse, verse 7. Go for it. For as he thinks in his heart, uh-huh. so is he. Uh-huh. Eat and drink, he says to you. Yeah. But his heart is not with you. Did you see that? For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. A man's framework is determined by the way he thinks. He is no different than his thought pattern. This is scary because some of you, I know you got some mad thoughts, right? But we'll qualify this in just a moment. Go and you look like you have something. There. TPT, sir. Uh-huh. For as he thinks within himself, uh-huh. so is he. As he thinks within himself. So you're not important because they put pastor over your name. Pastor over your name is to rewire how you think about you. So when they call you Pastor Sam, it is actually a start of a reprogramming, not the end of it. And I need you to hear PT when he says that we grew up and the the starting point that we grew up in damaged us a lot. But if we're able to repattern, re- rethink, and that's why I have to use the example of the children of Israel tonight. The children of Israel actually were, were, f- were given the opportunity of freedom, but what was resisting their own freedom was the way they fought. So Moses brings them into a season called the unknown, the wilderness period, this, the season of where we don't know where provision will come from tomorrow. 
And if you're going to do anything significant in life, there must be the season of we don't know where provision will come from tomorrow in your life. But the, you know what happens in that season? In that season, what, you're, what the thought pattern that you should, be de- you should develop and you should be confident in is that God has made everything that I need to, and has supplied me with everything that I need before I was even born. Everything I need on this earth has been supplied to me because I am on this earth. And when you have that thought, that is what you call faith. Meaning that there is nothing about me that will lack because whatever season I'm going through right now, it is a season that God has placed in my life in order to bring what I need to me. But most times what people do is in the season of I don't know the provision of tomorrow, in that season people play the victim card. They start moving around like victims. And in fact, they do what the children of Israel did. You see, in the time in which things are scarce in your life, what you think the most will come to the surface. So when, when things were going good for the children of Israel, all of a sudden plagues were hitting Egypt and the, 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 the chains of slavery was released from the ankles. What happened to them was they were loving Moses. But the minute they entered into the season of the unknown and not knowing where provision was coming from tomorrow, all of a sudden they began to think about the way in which the system of Egypt used to provide for them. So when God brings you into these seasons of the unknown, he actually wants to use you to develop a new system. But it takes people who understand exactly what they have been created for. So God could not use these guys. God couldn't use them because they thought about the system that made them instead of the system that they can make. The scriptures tell us that they actually thought about the meat and the cucumbers that they could could get in Egypt. Their mind began to reminisce of slavery because at least they knew what time they could eat. You see, as a man thinks within himself, so he is. And, and you know, this is something that you have to understand. God cannot use you. God cannot lift you. At any given point, beyond what your mind can conceive. So if somebody's out there thinking, I'm broke, I'm down, nobody's helping me, da, 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 da. no matter what they then say with their mouth, no matter what they then say with their mouth, they, the issue will always be the framework of a man is determined by how he thinks. So Jesus comes and he, first of all, tackles. In his first preachings or his first sermons, he first of all tackles and tells them, change the way you think. Change your inner self. Go back to that amplified version. Change your inner self. Because what will happen when you change your inner self? Change your inner self. Uh Your old way of thinking. Regret passing. Live your life in a way that proves repentance. You see, because repentance just means change. When you look at the nation family today, if you look at all the families, elite, 
um, Connect family, um, Pulse family, COD, you will see something called change. Change is the actual proof of repentance. If your finances change, it is because you've repented somewhere. Imagine me repenting about the way I used to think about things financially before. It is repentance. So repentance doesn't just mean accept God. Repentance actually means change your inner self. So inside of this word that Christ shared with them, he said God is paralyzed. He's either paralyzed or mobilized by a man's thinking. God is enabled or disabled by the way a man thinks. So maybe it's not good. Maybe it's not God. Maybe it's me. I need to repeat that. God is either enabled or disabled by the way a man thinks. He is paralyzed or mobilized by the way a man thinks. So Jesus' first message was in order for him to receive an enabling environment. How do you create an enabling environment? Some people just understand that the way I previously thought was wrong. You know, you know some people can sit there and actually spew rubbish from their mouth and say certain words, but they never actually challenge themselves to say, is the way I'm thinking right? If I think right... I will speak right and then I will live right. Out of, the, out of the heart, the mouth speaks. Need to drive home a message tonight. And I was telling the guys inside there, I actually don't have a word tonight in terms of a, a structured word, but I want to speak to the family because... I need you, if you're as young as 16 years old tonight, I need you to understand that there are certain thought patterns you've got that what you do with the word now is it is to rewire your thinking. So sometimes when people as young as 16 come to me, I send them back to the power of God's word because I feel like those are the ones you can handle on SoundCloud. And what you do with that is you allow it to repeat. Re rewire your thinking not thinking that you know knowing and accepting that you don't know because your old way of thinking created certain results and those certain results you want to erase them so what it does is in order to change your inner self you first of all have to change the way you think so I'm talking to those that are in the nation family and they actually want to see a, an improvement, and not just an improvement, a total, a total transformation. But we're just getting started. Did you find it for me? Did you find it? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. I'll give you time to find it. Again, these were not prepared scriptures, so I'll give you time. want to deal with us as people. So I said to some of the guys tonight, maturity is not based on age. People, I've had people call me immature. I said, okay. I may be in, immature in areas, but I, I think, you know what maturity would look? Maturity actually says this 
If you can handle it, you will be handling it. You know, some people think they're broke by accident. So you're not broke by accident. You're broke because you don't have the maturity to handle wealth. That's a tough, hard word. But you see, if someone accepts it, then maybe they will change the way they think. Go for it. Luke 6, verse 45, uh-huh. NKJV says. Don't start with just the scripture. Let me see what Jesus is saying here. From 43. Go for it. For a good tree does not bear bad fruit. Exactly. I thought so. He says, for a good tree. Because what people do, remember tree is the evidence. I mean, fruit is the evidence of whatever something is producing. So, so people usually focus on fruit. So, when you become, you become a billionaire, let's say one of you, your brothers or sisters have become a billionaire, what they will focus on the fact is, that, is the fact that they have money. What they will focus on is the fact that they have money. They won't focus on the fact that there is a tree that is producing this. There is a pattern, a system that produces this. So I want you to see the words of Jesus tonight when he says, for a good tree... Does not bear, help me start a bit further back actually because this he actually speaks a he speaks a bit so I need you to go for it. From verse thirty-seven. Go on. Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Thank you. Judge not, and you shall not be judged because you see this scripture right here. It helps you to understand how to change thought patterns. I think I've spoken about this before. How to actually. I think I was talking about your process of judgment or something like that. But he's, Jesus actually began to speak to them and said, judge not. Don't judge a situation before it's time because, you see, when you judge, the issue is you're already putting yourself in a place to be judged. You're already putting yourself in a place to be open to many other people's opinions. So when you start to say people are this or people are that, it says, judge not and you shall not be judged. Con. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Mm-hmm. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Okay. Give, and it will be given to you. Yeah. Good measure, pressed down, uh-huh. shaken together, yeah. and running over will be put into your bosom. Uh-huh. For with the same measure that you use, it, it will be measured back to you. That's a simple word on giving. Give, and it will be given to you. But that's not where I'm going tonight. Let's move on. And he spoke a parable to them. Yeah. Can the blind Uh, lead the blind? uh Will they not both fall into the ditch? He now begins to speak to them again in a parable. And he says to them, can the blind lead the blind? Listen, blind is not the fact that you see. Blind is the fact that you do not know how to produce certain results. You don't know the way to be in a billionaire. You see, the scriptures actually said... In a point, he said, the fool is a fool because he doesn't know the way to the city. So he says, can the blind lead the blind? There are people that are giving you their opinion and they have no idea about how life works. A blind man. Some of our ministers and prime ministers have no idea of how life works. They're blind. But he says, can the blind lead the blind? Will they not both fall into a ditch? Uh-huh. 
A disciple is not above his teacher, uh -huh. but everyone who is perfectly trained will be like his teacher. So then, obviously, he leads blind to then talk about being trained. He said a disciple is not above his teacher. So you can tell already that he was not talking about sight, but he was. He was saying sight does not come because you have physical eyes. Sight comes because you understand certain principles that were taught to you by your teacher in life. What makes me know that a person sees they've been taught? How do I know a person will have certain results in life? They've been taught certain things. So I know the man that is blind is an untrained man. You know when people come and say to me things like, you do it this way, but I'm going to do it this way. I already understand, especially if that person is a, um, a mentee or a, a protege, I already understand that that's how they're going to kill themselves. Because you see, whatever, is, whatever your thought pattern is, I hope it has been tested. Because the wilderness period is coming. The wilderness period comes to test whether you've been trained. But everyone who is perfectly trained will be like his teacher, 41. And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, mm -hmm. but do not perceive the plank in your own that eye? That is the common issue with most people. You know, as, as growing as a young man or growing as a pastor, this would have been one of my major scriptures that I listened to and actually lived by and preach to the young men. I say, why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye? This is leadership 101. Why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye? Why do you pass on responsibility? Why do you say things like, if everybody was playing their role, we would have been further than this? What about you? Why do you not take on the responsibility of your own plank? So I learned early in life that what the system or what community was missing were men who would take on the responsibility that other men were not willing to take on. Jesus begins to speak here and teach them a parable and says, why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye but do not perceive the plank in your own? Because if I can look at the things that I should be responsible for, then the issue will not be with my brother that my brother will actually be inspired to look at his own plank because I'm so focused on mine I learned in leadership early on that your focus will determine your income I've taught the guys around me did I not teach you that the focus is so powerful that if you focus long enough no matter how broke you are eventually something will penetrate because you're so focused don't work on your don't work on your income work on your focus if i can get a few people that decide to focus on with me i know already that no matter how much it doesn't look like we have a structure of income income will have to come because focus will break through every barrier of poverty the issue with most people is that they have many things that they're doing per time they just don't focus Many talented people but lack focus. 
Many gifted people but lack focus. So I realized that there are people that are not so gifted, not so talented, but are so focused that beat the gifted and the talented hands down all the time. Focus is the game changer. Focus is the one that actually turns around situations, not prayer. Prayer doesn't turn around situations. Moses went with a rod and focused on getting the children of Israel out of Egypt. It changed situations around. The only issue is when people began to distract Moses from his focus. You know, parents and, 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 and friends that are not driven towards amplifying your focus are the people that will drain you of the energy and ability to focus. So I look at people who have many friends around them and I know that that person cannot focus. And even though you can talk like this, they will feel like you're just being overzealous. But I say, do you want certain results in life? Do you know that in order to get those results, there's going to have to be a level of focus? Do not perceive the plank. Do you not perceive the plank in your own eye? In order to remove that plank, it takes a level of focus. 42. Or how can you say to your brother, mm. brother, let me remove the speck that is in your eye uh -huh. when you yourself do not see the plank that is in your own eye? And he says what? Hypocrite. Mm. First remove the plank from your own eye yeah. and then you will see clearly to remove the speck that is in your brother's eye. Talking about training. So because you're 25, 26, been through university, have your master, doesn't mean you're trained to take on life because every time people... People succeed in the examinations of schools, but fails, fail in the tests of life. Seen it time and time again. Imagine sitting down with a 47-year-old man yesterday, and he has to sit down with a 30, how, how, how many years? 16 years between us. But we're going to have to partner together. Because you see tests, right? No matter how young you are, if you pass tests, it will sit you down with people who took longer to pass tests. And you might actually be the reason why they will finally pass certain tests. So when we talk about planks in the eye, we're talking about focusing on being trained, not focusing on my age. And one of the things I'm going to speak to the connect about is reconstruction of the mind and training over and over again. Because now I know it's very vital. Remember this. Just because you passed the examination of school does not mean you're prepared to take on the tests of life. Many times people have planks in their, their eyes that have been injected into them by the environment they grew up in. It taught them what was right and what was wrong. Morals and what is, what is moral and what is immoral. But remember, what is immoral and immoral was defined by a system. Man is teaching you what is right or what is wrong. And I'm not anti-system. And I'm not pro-system. I'm just pro-God. So in order to get the right caliber of men, soldiers, that will be able to create systems and recreate systems, you're going to have to, first of all, put them into a school of training. Life doesn't teach you the money-making school because money or that life does not put you into money-making school. Target does.
target puts you into money-making school when you receive your target and you have to aim for that target and your leader is not even impressed when you're able to bring whatever your X and X amount to the table, then you know that you're now in a school of training. Parenting doesn't teach you about the management of relationships and concern for your environment and people. But he says, until you, are, you remove that speck from your eye, you, will, you cannot clearly see how to remove the speck from your brother's eye. So if a community is going to be saved, it's because a community decided to be trained. So can I repeat again? Stop focusing on your income and stop focusing on your focus. Stop working on your income. Start working on your focus. 43. For a good tree does not bear bad fruit. The scriptures has so much power in it, you know. I love this. This is a master class from Jesus. Teaching people exactly how to position themselves in life. So that they don't feel that people get rich by luck. Or people have good life by luck. He said whatever is good is because the tree was good. So he says for a good tree does not do what? Bear bad fruit. A good tree cannot be broke. A rich mind can never be broke. The issue is the tree is broke. So the fruit is bad. Do you understand that? Whatever works your inner system is whatever will produce. So when PT talks about prosperity and, and he speaks about system and what God wants to do in this nation, it is an opportunity for you to reconstruct the inner wirings. It's, it's like going to the laboratory. Sitting yourself down on the table or lying down on the table. Hebrews chapter 4. I'm going to be going in and out of scriptures. Got to do some work with to work tonight. Are you still with me tonight? Let me see if people are still with me tonight. Or should I stop? I wanted to do some work tonight. I want to do some real word work. Are you still with me tonight? Let me see. With you, sir. You are you two have no choice but to be with me, to be honest. With you. Awesome. Let me see who's still here. Okay. Because I think we're reaching a vital point. I think prosperity is about to explode in this house. But I have to make sure that you understand that the, what stops you is it's not your action that stops you. It is not even your action that will, will, that can derail you. It's your wiring. It's the way you are programmed. I, I was actually studying earlier today and I actually then had to put it in this simple way. There are languages that do not require handwriting or the alphabet, but they still speak a language and if it makes sense, it causes machines to function. 
There are zeros and ones that are numeric, but not alphabetic. But it is still makes sentences and causes machines to function. So when Jesus speaks these words, I realize that if somebody gets the understanding of them, it will make them function. It will bring them to life. Imagine codes that did not need sentences, words that did not need to be speak, spoken, but machines came to life because somebody entered the correct code. It is the same with the way that your life is wired. Imagine you can spend years just working on your program and when the right program hits, you will function. So it is not your actions. It is the codes. Look at what the Bible says here. Hebrews chapter 4, I think verse 12 we start from. Go for it. For the word of God uh -huh. is alive and active. It says, for the word of God is alive and active, meaning that it is, you know, you know, programs are alive, right? They're alive. What this almost looked like before, I didn't really clock it, but now I get it. It's a software. It's, consist, it's consistently, it's consistently developing and upgrading somebody. For the word of God is alive and active, sharper. Sharper than any double-edged sword. Yeah. It penetrates even mm. to dividing soul yeah. and spirit, uh -huh. joints and marrow. Uh -huh. It judges the thoughts uh -huh. and attitudes of the heart. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. So the reason why I went there very quickly is because I realized that it deals with the inner workings of a man. If you get the inner workings right, if the code becomes right, the man begins to function. So I notice if I sit there, and that's what we did from 20 to 26 or 27, you just sat there with the word. Sat there, sat there, sat there, programming oneself until something clicked. Then it clicked. Then I, then I, then I became a living being. You know that's what happened to Adam, right? It's too late for that, though. So until you, when you understand something, then all of a sudden a new world, you, you access a new world. Back to Luke chapter 6, let's go. For a good tree does not bear bad fruit, uh -huh. nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Uh -huh. For every tree is known by its own fruit. Every tree is known by its fruit, but the process of that tree is the fact that it must be a good tree. If you see a bad fruit, meaning someone has been around for a while and they're still struggling, this, that, and the other, this, that, and the other, you know it's not the action you're judging. It's the fact that you know this tree is bad. Nothing good is going, coming out of this tree. So what they would do is that they will go and borrow fruit from another tree and try to stick it on their own tree. But you know that this tree is a bad tree because every fruit is what is known by its own fruit. Fruit is the evidence of the tree. So when you hear things like Pastor Oni said on Sunday, I was with PT at 24. I made my first million at 30. You know that the million at 30 is the evidence that the tree has become good. And someone would say then, oh, well, do we judge things by financial results. I'm saying, you know what? Let's stop 
doing this spiritual malarkey, right? What do you want to judge it by? What else? Prayer life? We've seen prayer warriors that had no effect or impact on the earth. He said, for every tree is known by its fruit. For men do not gather figs from thorns, uh -huh. nor do they gather grapes from a bramble bush. You see, so he's saying that there are, there are trees that produce thorns, right? But you don't gather figs from them. You know a tree that produces thorns, and you know a tree that produces grapes. So you don't mix people up. You don't say we're all the same. No, there are some good trees and then there are some bad. 45. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart uh -huh. brings forth good. Did you see what happened? Where is the good treasure? It's in his heart. He's, he's, he's created a treasure place in his heart. And because of that, he's able to bring forth that from that treasure good into the physical. Remember what I said when I spoke about Moses. Moses wanted to liberate a people, but the first thing he would meet is a mental resistance, not a physical one. The physical resistance is just the evidence of a mental barrier in the mind of the people he was trying to save. So the first place Satan will attack is not your physical body. He's not going to attack your finances. If he wants to destroy you, he needs to get through to your mind. A good man, out of the good treasure of his heart, brings forth good and... And an evil man, out of the evil treasure of his heart, uh -huh. brings forth evil. Uh -huh. For out of the abundance of the heart, uh -huh. his mouth speaks. He says, out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. So imagine me telling Miller, uh, Pastor Kwame Miller, the other day, I said to him, you see, you see your name, right? You can't be Miller without having a Millie. Because I, I just said, you, you got to be Miller, Millie, or Millie, Miller. One of the two. Because out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. So when I turn around and say to some of you that you should be a millionaire or you should be a billionaire, there's something wired in me that you may be feeling peace. Sam is just talking. I'm telling you, I see a different world. And access to that world has come because I've been programmed in a certain way for out of the abundance of the heart. His mouth speaks and... TPT Go for it. For the overflow of what has been stored in your heart... I love that. He said, for the overflow of what has been stored in your heart. So guess what the heart is? It's a storage place. Whatever you produce is based on what you have stored. Many times people have stored things that happened to them five years ago. They stored things that happened to them seven years ago. It's just there, lingering. But guess what? The scriptures, Jesus promised that there will be an overflow of what you stored in your heart. So if you stored lack there, it will overflow. There will be an overflow of what has been stored in your heart. He says... What has been stored in your heart will? Will be seen by your fruit. It will be seen. 
all my days. Do you know how deadly this scripture is? Basically, he's saying life is results-based. We know who is who by their results. That's what it's saying. That's me putting it in simple English. For the overflow of what has been stored in your heart will be seen by your fruit. A Look, an orange tree does not give you apples. It gives you exactly what it is. If you sow a seed of orange, it will give you orange. So whatever you are is whatever you're producing. If you're bitter, resentful, it is because that is what the tree is. It said it will be seen by your fruits and... And will be heard in your words. You know, can I speak to the young men quickly? Those young men, I mean... Those who are 25 to 30, like you're young. Let me tell you something. If you find yourself in a lax situation, stop. Stop trying things. What you've got stored is rubbish. Go back to the storage facility, empty out and pour in something new. Said, well, we're just trying, we're just hustling. No, you lack the right information in your storage bank. He said, what has been stored in your heart will be seen by your fruit. So, one of the things I've discovered more and more now as we grow in this work is, if I store better, I will, I will produce better. So, now, most days is to work on what we're storing, not to work on what we're doing. Because I can spend one hour on what we're doing if my storage is clean and clear. It will produce good. So he said, it will be seen by your fruit and... And will be heard in your, in your words. In your words. Again, let me put my disclaimer out here. Don't fight with me. Fight with the Bible. It's the Bible, ladies and gentlemen. The word of God. You have another translation you want to read? God's word. Go for it. The things what do you say? It's what? God's word. God's word. Read on. The things people say come mm. from inside them. Coming from inside them. Put people, like the children of Israel, under a, under a microscope of pressure. Put them under the test of life. In the beginning, they're enthusiastic. They will say, I love the nation. I This, that, and the other. Then when results are not going the way they want them to go, all of a sudden, you will hear words. When you hear those words, you will now know why things did not go the way they were supposed to. The tree. So he says, the things people say, go on. The things people say come from inside them. Uh-huh. So it comes from inside them. The things people produce does not come from an opportunity. It comes from inside. You can give everybody an opportunity. Things to handle can be put in front of you. But what that opportunity turns out to be is dependent on what the person is producing. So I watch. I look. And I know if I give this someone things, this person something to handle, 
if they are not able to handle it, it is not because it's not handleable. It's just that they are not the right person to do it. Because whatever they're producing is based on what is stored in their heart. Go on. J.B. Phillips. Uh For a man's words will always express what has been treasured in his heart. What do you treasure in your heart? Do you have a treasure system? Can I give you one that you should treasure? The words of God from the mouth of P.T. Do you create a treasure system for it? You know that's what note taking is supposed to be. It's supposed to be your treasure system. Until you register them in your heart. Not just listen to the word. Until it it redefines the way you think. Treasure system. Look at what Jesus or God did. He, He actually placed treasure in men. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Oh, I'm flowing with scriptures today. I feel like a Bible scholar. Do you have a treasure system though? It's good if you love a PSAM or a PT. And especially I've got a lot of young ladies around me or young men around me. 18, 19, 20, they love me. I can see it. But the problem is, I'm asking, do you have a treasure system? Or are you trying to be like every other guy out there trying to look for what will prosper you and make money and you say you're doing it in the name of seed. Let me tell you something. You can create a seed bank if you create a treasure bank. You just have places in which you treasure, first of all, certain words. Treasure here connotes the value you place on the words your leaders speak. You go through it again. You see right there, I've given you, do you have a treasure system, a place where you store words? You put some words in in a vault. And you allow it to work on you in such a way where you're consistently, I think I dealt with this last week, consistently trying to find out the meaning of what certain words are. So if I'm starting, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm not going to focus on what I earn. I work. If I'm 18, I'm 19 or 20, I work to make my seed. But I'm going to have my treasure bank, my, my word bank. I'm going to have my word bank so that, so that I can treasure certain words. And when I treasure certain words, I know they will reconstruct the way I think because I am sitting on these words, allowing them to sit on me as well. That's what it truly means to sit. Not just go and sit down in that corner, don't do anything. No, it is saying to you that I want you to be re- remolded, reprogrammed by words. So is it a brainwashing? 110%. Parents will say, oh, my child is being brainwashed. Their brain should be washed. If Look at the environment they grew up in. This could be a brilliant young lady, but she grew up in Croydon. That environment cannot produce anything good. Because what is overflowing there are what people stored in their heart. That's a bankrupt city. So you've got to bring people into the place. The best gift you can receive in life are a different kind of words. Or is a different kind of words. 
the words we've been exposed to, the sound clouds, that's the best gift that, can have, that could have been ever given. Remember that in the Garden of Eden, all oh my days, in the Garden of Eden, God did not give Adam resources. He gave him a mandate. This mandate would frame, because it's going to help me in the second scripture I'm about to read now, this mandate would frame exactly what I am, Adam would be wired to do. Adam would, be, based on the mandate he received, he would begin to mold and take shape. Remember, the will of God was for Adam to subdue the earth. All of a sudden, Adam takes shape according to the mandate he has received. So when I say, when, when I say you are a millionaire, you are a billionaire. Do you know what you're supposed to do? You're supposed to take shape according to the mandate. This is not wishful thinking. This is programming. The word of God is alive and active, meaning it is a software placed inside of a man that upgrades him whenever, whenever necessary, as long as that man decides to sit with that word. So imagine in the early days I was telling some of the younger brothers and now they can they, sometimes we all have to go through our experience of learning i'll say no 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 don't go and do that don't go and do that sit there with this word it's a program but what they saw was religious bible religious pastor until all of a sudden their pastors became millionaires multi-millionaires then he realized, oh crap, it's a program. Let's look at what this scripture says. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. I think we're going to verse 7, but let's see where we go. Verse mm. seven, seven. Uh, um, go start a bit before. Mm. Mm. For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord and ourselves, mm -hmm. your bond servant for Jesus' sake. Uh -huh. For it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, yeah. who has shone in our hearts, yeah. to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Go for it. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, uh -huh. that the excellence of the power may be of God and, and not of us. Where did God put treasure? In earthen vessels. So God understands the significance of storing treasure. If I ask some of you tonight, especially if you have problems and you have things to complain about, what's your treasure system? Where, where do you store the treasure of words? The answer would be, I don't know. But the issue with that is, as a man thinks, so is he. It is not the fruit, it is the tree. If the tree has treasure, the fruit that will come out will be good. I love that scripture that says, out of the treasure stored in the heart, 
But let me close this tonight. I've got one more scripture for you. First Corinthians chapter. What's this chapter now? No, Romans chapter 12. That's it. Let's close with this tonight. I've done one hour, I think. I started at 10, right? One hour now. One hour and 15 minutes. Cool. And then I close. I've given you evidential basis for my word tonight. I thought I was going to come and talk about concern for people. So if we as a community are going to see our businesses, people of a different caliber race, it's because the treasure, the storage of treasure on the inside of us is being increased. And remember I said to you, let me give you a, a number one priority treasure, words. The words from the mouth of the apostle. Number two, leadership. If you can handle correction, you might, you most likely you're going to prosper in life. People can't handle correction. They don't want to be corrected. But I hope you feel it. Pastor Ebo said it tonight. There's like a reset. People entering into great wealth. But it is not, it is not the action, it's the tree. That's what I need to drive home tonight. It's, it's not the fact that you're working on something. It's the fact that you're working on you. If you're working on you, if you're allowing this word to, to deal with you, so until you understand, until the code is right and the machine functions, So I see people, I think I was even joking with Pastor on yesterday, people running around either for, for PT or da, 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 da. I'm just thinking in my mind, yeah, you can do what you like, but you see, life is still coming to us to, to test you. And then we all step back and watch your training. Let me see what tree is this. Why did the Jesus curse the fig tree? I think you're going to have to find that scripture for me, you know, before I close. Why did Jesus curse the fig tree? Unbelievable stuff. Unbelievable scenes. Unbelievable. He goes to the fig tree, curses the fig tree, and you think, in my mind, I'm thinking, poor fig tree. But let's look at what Jesus said when he curses the fig tree because he, he tells the fig tree to wither. You found it. Go for it. Mark 11 from verse 12, sir. Yeah. The next day, as yeah. they were leaving Bethany, uh -huh. Jesus was hungry. Jesus was hungry. Look at this. Remember, Jesus was hungry. And what did he do? Seeing in the distance mm -hmm. a fig tree in leaf, yeah. he went to find out if it had any fruit. He went to find out if it had any fruit. Because you see, your fruit is what a generation feeds on. Why will people not be hungry? Because you produce. So he said he was hungry and seeing in the distance a fig tree in leaf, he went to find out if it had any fruit. 
when he reached it, he he found nothing but leaves uh, because it was not the season for fish. Yeah. Then he said to the tree, yeah. may no one ever eat fruit from you again. Mm -hmm. And his disciples heard him say, he said, may no one. So meaning that you're supposed to produce in and out of season. Because it wasn't even the season for fruit. But he said, may no one ever eat from you again, eat fruit from you. And his disciples heard him say it then. On reaching Jerusalem, uh -huh. Jesus entered the temple court and mm. began driving out those who were buying and selling mm. there. He overturned the tables of... Yeah, he let's go to Romans chapter 12. Go for it. Therefore, uh, I urge you, yeah. brothers and sisters, yeah. in view of God's mercy, mm -hmm. to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. So it's important that I announce this because I've been talking about mental resistance. So what do you do with your body? You offer. Your body is an offering. You is available. You offer your body as a sacrifice. Do you know what a sacrifice means? You've given seed before, right? Do you know where it is now? You don't, do you? Because you sacrificed it. Meaning to disregard, to have no regard because you've offered your body to another thing. We were talking about the building of Connect Community tonight. The building of Fecals World Academy and um, the, the college. There are some people that will be starved, but they offer their body as living sacrifices. You've offered your body as a living sacrifice to the nation. It is, he said, what you do with your body is to offer it. It is not to offer and then complain after you've offered. It doesn't, it doesn't make sense. That means you're not a sacrifice. And that means you do not qualify for what he says next. He says, holy and pleasing to God, this is what? This is your true and proper worship. He says it is your true and proper worship. The offering of body, living sacrifice. Somebody who has sown their body as a seed. When you get into the nation family, you actually offer your body as a seed. The number one, the number one um, principle of effective leadership is when leaders have offered bodies. You know, people that you can shape in any form you like. They're just saying to you that peace am, where you go, I go. End of story. Offered bodies. That is true and proper worship. Where do you offer your body? To God or to man? You offer it to man, but it is presented to God. So he said, this is your true and proper worship. Then he says what? Do not conform to the pattern uh -huh. of this world. Yeah. But be transformed uh -huh. by the renewing of your mind. So you see why I had to end with this scripture is because the renewing of mind is significant. It says it actually symbolizes the fact or signals the fact that renewing is constant. He said, do not conform to the pattern. Pattern there means false pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing. There is a renewing of mind. It, it is constant, it's constant, it's continuous. If it doesn't stop, so I'm not 31 and think that my mind is renewed. No, daily I wake and I understand that there is something in me that needs to be renewed. I need to rewire something because what he says next is so profound. Imagine the whole of God's will for our lives is, is actually resting on what your mind is like. God wants you rich. That's the will of God for you. Beloved, 
Oh my days. I want to get into programming so much, but I won't tonight. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper. No, in fact, that's wrong. It says, beloved, above all things, I pray that you may prosper and be in health just as your soul prosper. That's a programming, knowing that God wants me rich. God wants me prosperous. He said, yes, he wants those things to you, but he said, be transformed. So if I'm going from broke to rich, it's because there's the transformation that took place, but it started from the bedrock of the mind. So then he says here, be transformed by the renewing of your mind, then you... Then you will be able to test... So, so the test of life, you will come back to test it because your mind has been renewed. They say after certain tests, you will receive this. Once you pass that test because of the renewing of the mind, you will be able to test and do what? And approve what God's will is. His God's will is framework. It's, it, the framework of God's will is actually based on the renewing of your mind. So why do people not get what they will need? Or why do not people not get what they feel is theirs? No, no focus on the fact that you need to rewire then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His? His good, pleasing, and perfect will. So God is not the one responsible for carrying out the will of God here on earth. Guess who is? You. How? Renew. Renewing of mind. So everything that God has destined for you is actually hidden in the framework of you rewiring the way you think. No wonder Jesus started his preaching with that message. Change the inner framework. Change the way you're wired. If you do so, you change everything. Are we just talking about these things? I've submitted evidences tonight. I've submitted evidences. I've submitted your leaders, your pastors to you. So, and I've said to you, especially those who are young, I've said this, the examination of school does not prepare you for the test of life. I don't care what you think, if you're pastor, minister, evangelist, apostle even, I don't care. What it takes for you to prove the will of God is the renewing of mind. Transformation starts when a man understands that what is currently hindering him is the way he thinks. I love the analogy PT uses sometimes. He says, you know, you can meet two people at 60 years old. One is a security guard and one is a multi-billionaire. What's the difference between two of them? Just the way they think. It's as simple as that. Nothing past that. Two men can come out of prison. One can remain in the ends and subjected to reoffending. Another can become a multi-billionaire. Why? The mind. God has a will indeed. 
But in order to approve what it is, it takes the renewing of mind. I hope you've been blessed by the word tonight. I'm not going to go any further than that. 11.30 was my target time. And I think I'm just about reaching it. I hope you've been blessed by the word. Let me see some comments. Those who made it. <laughs> the mind. The mind. I've seen people think it's, if I get active, if I get busy, you will struggle. Which finance person? I've dealt with people in finance. Which one of them? Well, maybe the, the, the highest earning um, finance person is, I think, 281 million for the year. I can't remember what company that's for now. I can't remember what company it's for. But if we're going to handle this city, you're going to have to change the way you think. As first of all, start changing the way you think about people. I don't like her. She's this, she's that. She's exactly what you need. Don't like him. He's this, he's that. I don't like the way he does this, he does that. So they're exactly what you need. It's a blessing. I love you all. It's a great season for all of us. That's why. That's why what I do and what I say is to take you back to the fundamentals so that none of us will be deceived and think just because good things are happening, it's because we're lucky. We're not lucky. We're good. Don't let nobody deceive you. We're not lucky. We're good. The world has to accept we're good. We are really good at what we do. We're good people. We're good finance men, good business women, good. We're good money makers. If I were you, I'd tell myself I'm a good money maker. I'm good at it. So though no, if God willing, God willing, God, no, 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 no. God has already willed. I'm good. I'm good. Don't doubt yourself. I'm good. This tree's good. Especially if you go with this word in you. It's a good tree. It's a good tree. So I know it's nothing but blessing, nothing but riches from here on in for you. I want to leave you with that word tonight. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I want to leave you with that word tonight. Have a lovely evening. And just go get it. Go get it how you get it. Do it how you do it. Just make it happen. Become Mr. or Miss Make It Happen. It is what it is. Just make whatever you happen. Whatever challenge challenges over, over you right now, just show the challenge that you are the real challenge. And make it happen. Make it happen. You're good. I'm the best money maker. Exactly. From young. Imagine being that from young. Just saying, 18 years old, saying, I'm the best money maker. I'm just... I'm designed to make money. I can't be broke. I remember turning to the team one day and saying, you know, I'm never going down. Like, I'm never going down. It's not possible. Just wired differently. Just wired. I love you all, man. You guys are the best. Honestly, you are the best. 
those of you that are in the professional world right now, attack it. You're the best. Don't be afraid of nobody, especially those of you that are in the magic circles or the, or the top financial institutions. Don't be afraid of no Oxford brat. You're the best. Nobody has received word like you, you know. Don't ever get it twisted. Sorry, it's all coming out now. Like the, the hood's just coming out now. Don't ever get it twisted. If you've been listening to this word, you, you deep the kind of word you're hearing, nobody's like you. Nobody can get it done the way you get it done. It's not possible. Remember turning to Pastor Dorothy, telling her, listen, you're not out of your debt when you come to these people, you know. You are the best. You're good. You produce good. That's all you know how to produce. <laughs> That's all you know how to produce. You are good. You're trained right. You know how to absorb information and, and decode it. Your programming is different. You're so used to fighting out of challenges. So when they give you a paperwork or a deal or a, or a negotiation or a contract that you've got to get done and it's overnight or whatever, you're so used to fighting out of challenges, fighting out of the blocks, that it's nothing to you. The others, them will, they're going to sleep on it. It's nothing to you sleep but it's nothing to you and remember that remember that that's how you're wired and anytime something comes to creep in your mind to tell you otherwise remember law city remember family capital remember whatever you've built and you built it from scratch people don't do that people don't do that it's not possible i love you all man love you all. It's a great season ahead. It's a great season ahead. Have a good night. Rest well.